Hello, and welcome to Boston Private Perspectives. I'm Shannon Sakosha, Chief Investment Officer at Boston Private. For those of you who have been joining me the last few weeks, we appreciate you. And for those of you who are just joining, welcome to the podcast. During these challenging times, we understand that our clients have a lot to be concerned about. We are here to try to provide relevant information on how what's happening in the markets and the economy may impact you, your family, or your business over the coming months. In today's podcast, I'd like to put the last two months in perspective and talk a little bit about what we expect over the next several months as it relates to the economy and the markets and the perceived disconnect between those two. The markets have been riding waves of stark pessimism, then exuberance, before settling into the current sentiment of, what's next? That question is obviously centered on what the re-entry of the American consumer into day-to-day life represents for the economy. And the focus is warranted. In 2019, consumption represented almost 70% of GDP. In fact, the U.S. was involved in a two-year trade negotiation with its largest trading partner, during which the manufacturing sector actually contracted, and yet the economy continued to grow on trend, while the stock market rallied to close out last year with blockbuster returns. Typically, out of a recession, there are improving trends in first survey data, which includes any number of economic data points, such as purchasing managers' indexes, also known as PMIs, consumer confidence, home builder sentiment, And then over time, the hard data of retail sales, industrial production, housing starts, and most importantly, unemployment, begin to reflect the improvement as well. This improvement in trend can then be applied to the components of GDP, and then trickles down to expectations for companies as it relates to revenues and earnings. Comparisons to previous periods of slower growth provide context for this modeling, and guidance can be updated and provided to investors in turn. Now, we face a three-pronged challenge. While all three prongs represent related types of uncertainty, they have different variables underpinning them, and evaluating which of these variables has been priced in, or not yet priced in, is the crux of the question clients keep asking us. Is this rally justified? The first of these three variables is the most straightforward. The economy will need time to recover. Consumer demand hit a brick wall, and even if reopening of the economy is smooth and unmarred by a sharp reacceleration in infections, it will still take time for those that lost their jobs to be retired, production to come back online close to its previous rate, and the transmission of monetary and fiscal stimulus to yield its full impact. Equity markets are forward-looking and anticipate growth over time, and therefore time appears to be a risk that investors are currently comfortable taking on. The next challenge for investors is the most pressing, as it involves the reaction of consumers to the virus. All of us understand the challenges of shelter at home and social distancing mandates. The economy has lost over 36 million jobs. The initial goal, which was to limit the spread of the virus and therefore flatten the curve, is now shifting its endpoint, as we have not yet identified a widely effective standard of care And some are now concerned that the true reopening of the services economy in particular will be unable to occur before we have a vaccine. Even if changes at the state and local level are made to allow for the return of semi-normal life, 
will consumers embrace it? Or will it be highly influenced by their personal experience with the virus? Will the changes in behavior be subtle enough that the economy can rebound? Or will consumption as we have known it the last several decades be impaired? Because the consumer casts such a wide net, companies are going to be challenged to create appropriate forecasts without having a sense of how this consumer behavior will manifest. And this extends far beyond the industries that have been most affected recently, such as airlines, hotels, and restaurants. It is this challenge that is the most immediate threat to the equity markets, because it is likely that based on where we started the year from a valuation perspective, and the fact that earnings estimates are dropping like a stone, equity prices here in the U.S. are ahead of where they should be. To be clear, however, we do not expect to fall back to the lows we experienced in March of this year, even if there is a reacceleration of cases or a reinstitution of social distancing mandates in certain cities and states. The accelerated losses during that period were a combination of fear of a spending depression and the threat of a financial crisis driven by credit illiquidity. The latter has been taken off the table by the Fed, in our opinion, and as such, we could see a 10 to 20% pullback from where we are today, but with a longer-term uptrend setting up later in the year. The final challenge is related to this behavioral shift that I've just described, but extends far beyond what might happen in the next two to three quarters. Right now, investors are discounting the first derivative effects, like fewer passengers flying and non-existent advertising revenue associated with televised sporting events. But they are also looking to the future and trying to extrapolate things like how many of us who are working from home now will still be working from home in five years? How will that affect commercial real estate prices? Should we be building a portfolio of cloud computing and telehealth stocks for this new world order? Will the public health threats of a pandemic create a more isolationist worldview and force production back to the United States, as we mentioned in our international investing podcast several weeks ago? Will challenges in the delivery of an ample supply of agricultural products lead to less regulation? Our belief is that there is going to be a longer-term behavioral shift. However, we also feel that expectations that we as global consumers are going to change our behavior dramatically and shift permanently to a lifestyle similar to what we've been experiencing over the last several months are probably misguided. Societal changes take time, and especially for countries, states, and towns that have not been severely affected by the virus, this change may be modest or perhaps even imperceptible at first. So from an investment perspective, balancing modest changes in behavior while determining which areas of the economy are likely to remain competitive is where we are spending our time. Not everything that worked previously from a sector and industry perspective will stop working entirely. Geographic differences in dealing with the global pandemic here in the United States and outside of the United States should yield new innovative ways of thinking and an opportunity to invest in those ideas. So while we are careful not to anchor ourselves to prior thinking, we are also avoiding extrapolating everything about the current scenario, which was not organically derived, into the future without any exception. With that said, we anticipate that the volatility we have experienced in the markets over the last several months is likely to persist. We understand that this disconnect between the economy and the markets is counterintuitive, 
and we are committed to keeping you informed of our best thinking as we navigate what still feel like uncharted waters. Thanks again for listening to this week's podcast. I want to encourage all of our clients to reach out to your Boston private team with any questions or concerns you may have. Providing guidance and support as your trusted advisor is our mission. If you have any questions or thoughts on my points today, you can find me on Twitter at Shannon Sakosha. You can also read our latest perspectives as this situation evolves by visiting bostonprivate.com. And if you want all of this information delivered right to your inbox, I encourage you to sign up for our newsletters on the site as well. Be sure to subscribe to the Boston Private Perspectives on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Spotify. And I look forward to coming to you once again from my home studio next week. This podcast is solely for informational purposes and is not a solicitation or an offer to buy any security or instrument or to participate in any trading strategy. The opinions expressed and information contained in this podcast are given in good faith, may be subject to change without notice, and are as of the date issued. All sourced information is believed to be reliable but has not been independently verified. This podcast discusses general market activity, industry or sector trends, or other broad-based economic, market, or political conditions and should not be construed as personalized investment advice. The following does not represent a complete analysis of every material fact with respect to the topics covered herein. All investments carry a risk of loss. Neither BPW nor its investment professionals or representatives provide tax, accounting, or legal advice. Listeners should review any planned financial transactions or arrangements that may have tax, accounting, or legal implications with their advisors. For additional information about us, please refer to our Form ADV Disclosure Brochure, which may be obtained by contacting us at 800-422-6172 or info at bostonprivate.com. Private banking and trust services are offered through Boston Private Bank and Trust Company, a Massachusetts chartered trust company. Wealth management services are offered through Boston Private Wealth LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor and wholly-owned subsidiary of Boston Private Bank and Trust Company. Boston Private Bank is an FDIC member and equal housing lender. Investments are not FDIC-insured, not bank-guaranteed, and may lose value.